from the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Monday, July 13th, 2020. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Multiple shootings and murders added up to a deadly weekend in Columbus, and many of the victims were teens or in their early 20s. Tino Ramos reports. Now, the most recent shooting just happened yesterday afternoon. This was off of Courtright Road just before 3 p.m. One person was taken to the hospital in critical condition. We also know a 15-year-old is dead following a shooting in the Linden area over the weekend. That 15-year-old is one of three homicides over the weekend. A 23-year-old and a 25-year-old were killed in separate shootings. Shootings. That has forced the Franklin County coroner to call in extra staff so victims could be returned to their families. This comes at a time when city leaders are also implementing new programs to try and stop the violence in Columbus. Tino Ramos. Friends of a 37-year-old Army vet who succumbed to COVID-19 say his death should serve as a cautionary tale for young people who think the virus cannot hurt them. Tracy Townsend has more. Richard Rose from Port Clinton, Ohio, that's near Sandusky, just died from COVID-19. But one of his posts on Facebook has gone viral after his death. It says, let's make this clear. I'm not buying a mask. I've made it this far by not buying into that hype. Rose's friends say his death should serve as a warning to young people. And I wanted people to see it was real. And my hope is that people will see that this does happen and people will be more cautious. Rose's family says he was very active in helping homeless veterans and dedicated to preventing veteran suicide. I'm Tracy Townsend. More young people are becoming infected with COVID-19 all over the U.S. It may partially be because of parties and get-togethers. One person in Texas who had COVID-19 allegedly held a COVID party to see if anyone got infected. One of the people at that party did get sick and died at 30 years old. Just before the patient died, uh, they looked at their nurse and they said, I think I made a mistake. I thought this was a hoax, but it's not. That's Dr. Jane Appleby of Methodist Hospital in San Antonio. She's asking young people to please continue to take the virus seriously. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos is backing up President Trump's push to reopen schools amid the pandemic despite guidelines from the CDC that would seem to make doing so problematic in many areas. Brittany Bailey reports. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos said the guidelines are meant to be flexible. There is nothing in the data that would suggest that kids being back in school is dangerous to them. Kids need to be in school. The CDC guidelines for schools to reopen include keeping desks placed six feet apart and the use of cloth face coverings. The CDC also suggests the closing of communal areas such as dining rooms and playgrounds and the installation of physical barriers, including sneeze guards where necessary. I'm Brittany Bailey. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the comments by DeVos appalling. In suburban Cincinnati, the Lakota School District's reopening framework has four different outlines, from nearly all students returning to the classrooms to entirely online instruction. Here's Pete Scalia. It's one of the largest school districts in the state, and while the intent's now for classrooms to fully reopen next month, Superintendent Matthew Miller's message to parents is that everything could change in an hour. He says the district's decisions are being based on advice from education and health experts, not politicians. He says a lot of what's coming out of Washington and the state capitol isn't helping. Pete Scalia, ONN News. 
The pandemic has sent state and local officials nationwide also scrambling to prepare for the election, which is now less than four months away. ONN's Dave James reports. Long-promised federal aid to help states cope is stalled on Capitol Hill. The money would help pay for transforming the age-old voting process into a pandemic-ready system. Central to that is the cost for printing mail-in ballots and postage. There are also costs to ensure in-person voting is safe with personal protective equipment or PPE for poll workers who tend to be older and more at risk of getting sick from the virus, and costs for training workers and pricey machines needed to quickly count the vote. Dave James, Owen in News. And if you still haven't filed your federal, state, or local taxes, the new deadline is coming up this week after being delayed because of COVID-19. Angela Ann has more with Adam Bach, a suburban Columbus accountant. That new deadline is Wednesday, and the IRS says millions of people still have yet to file. Tax experts say it is best to just get it done as soon as possible, and filing for an extension may not be your best bet. I think that's a big misconception with a lot of taxpayers is I'll extend and extend my time to pay. But that's not actually true. They're going to tack on those penalties and interest. If you do need to file for that extension, that would give you until October 15th. I'm Angela Ann. Special thanks to our affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus and WKYC-TV in Cleveland for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett for the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.